Rachana Kumar is currently the Senior Director of Engineering at Etsy, the e-commerce platform made for unique buyers, sellers, and creatives. But Etsy isn't like a normal e-commerce site with traditional vendors and inventory. The tech behind the platform is just as unique as the people using it. Rachana explains it all on this episode of IT Visionaries. Plus, she dives into the importance of creating a diverse workforce and doing mission-driven work. Enjoy this episode. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com platform. Hey everyone, Ian here. You might have noticed that this episode is released on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. That's because we are switching up the scheduling of IT visionaries to include a fun new segment called Trailblazer Tuesdays, which you can hear at the end of this episode. But first, here's the interview. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And we have on the other line, Roshana, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you. How are you? It's great. Um, you know, it's a great day and it's great to be talking about you know, all things engineering. We're going to get into uh, your background. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, mission-driven work in tech, diversity, experimentation, automation, all that fun stuff. Uh, and all things Etsy, which uh, we love Etsy. It's just awesome. And uh, it'll be fun to hear a little bit what's under the hood. But first, how did you get into technology in the first place? Sure. I started with the traditional route of going to engineering school and I didn't do uh, computer science and engineering, trained as an electronics engineer. But you know, right after that, I kind of got into computer science and software. And so flash forward to now, tell me a little bit about your current role at Etsy and, and what, your, uh, what your team looks like and, and what you're all working on. Sure. Uh, I'm a senior director within product engineering at Etsy. I oversee the mobile org end-to-end, like from platform and infrastructure to all the app products that we build, both for our buyers and sellers. I also oversee a couple of data changes within the web teams. And yeah, I've been at Etsy five years now, so I've been mostly focused on um, building engineering products for, for our consumers. And the team is, I would say, right now, within part, about like 50% of the company is engineering. So my group of mobile and web engineers are about 80 people. And so what is kind of the scale of, of where Etsy is at right now? That's a good question because, you know, a lot of people think of Etsy as this mom and pop, cute, handmade things. But, but yeah, we are, we are quite big. Uh, we are about 2.3 million sellers and over 40 million active buyers and over 60 million listings. So we are, we are a you know, marketplace for creative goods that connect them buyers and sellers. But at the heart of it, at the core of it, we are also really a big data and machine learning company to make the 60 million unique listings accessible to our 40 million plus buyers. It's a lot of the process over, you know, we create over like a billion 
data entries each day and we and even we, we track all that. So it's at the heart of it at the technology company. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, what was, how much, um, how many billion data points or what was it? Yeah, so like I was saying, we have over 60 million listings. We log over a billion events a day because while tracking, you know, people coming, browsing, we, the whole kind of looking at the activity of buyers and sellers is over a billion data entry points a day. That's incredible. What are some of your favorite things that uh, that you personally love to see on there? What are some of your favorite products? I love it. That's the reason I work here. And I was a big fan as a buyer before. I wish I had making skills, but I don't. But I'm certainly, uh, I would say, one of our top, um, top category buyers. But uh, I uh, recently bought a house in the um, like a year ago. So I've been trying to buy, furnish the house with as many things from Etsy as possible. And I also have a, a three-year-old, so I buy a lot of stuff for him from Etsy. But I would say my favorite thing on Etsy, I've also met so many sellers over time. So I think when I meet sellers and like kind of talk to them, when I say meet, it's both like in-person meeting, but we also have a messaging system and chat system, which is where sellers directly talk to you. So I use that extensively. So... Recently, while I was kind of uh, messaging as one of the groups I oversee at Etsy along with apps, I was kind of late in the night, with, you know, browsing on my phone while I should be clearly skipping the Etsy app. And I saw this artwork by a seller in India. And um, I grew up in India. And I was like, oh, this is really, like, the art looks really cool. And then I started chatting with the seller and they sent me a video of how they make it. It takes them months to make that art and i thought for me what was really cool at that given point in time was it's a really traditional art form that they're making and it's kind of a dying art form it's been like fifth generation of artists who are making this in in his family the artists i was chatting with and giving them the ability to have this global platform was i was like it made me so happy about my job i would say like when i find these items where like there is a story that's what excites me the most about it yeah it's uh it's such a cool company and because you know it does feel like you know that mom and pop kind of feel because you get to you know know who the seller is and you get to see their profile and all those sort of things and because it's you know feels custom and bespoke and all of that but you know as you mentioned the technology layer is extremely robust um you're working on a bunch of things what are some of the things that you're working on right now that can you know improve customer experience that can improve uh you know the product you know for for both sellers and for buyers yeah there there are a few things that we are doing and i would say a couple of core things i would uh, kind of maybe highlight as one is using uh, machine learning for sure to to make these connections happen when i told you like there are 60 million listings and 2.3 million sellers what makes Etsy different and challenging from like just the data and structured data perspective is that most other e-commerce companies up to a certain extent control their own inventory. If they're not doing that, they clearly have categories where like, say if you're in um, clothing, you have like your sizes, which is kind of you control the inventory. So there are merchandisers who are entering all these data points into the database. 
where I said Etsy, because it's all one of handmade unique items, there is no kind of one clear inventory that can be clearly defined and structured very easily. So that makes handling that data very challenging and also interesting. So kind of using machine learning to understand what people want, what is their style, because when someone searches for something, like if you had to directly kind of make the correlation using machine learning, it's much easier. But uh, when you have to understand people's style, what they're thinking, that becomes more challenging. So we, we are focusing a lot on that. And uh, I think that's very exciting. And um, the second space that I'm very excited about is, is the apps because, um, you know, going from a more web-focused like marketplace to now growing uh, significantly in the app space, we have tripled the size of the team this year, but also that's where the industry and the market is moving kind of as and when the rest of the world is getting onto the internet, everyone is getting onto the internet mobile phone first and kind of thinking about it and solving or trying to solve for them and um, both for sellers and buyers. As, as you know, Because I already gave you the India example, as we think of more sellers there and making the technology accessible to them, I think is also very interesting. Were there any challenges over the past five years that you kind of like didn't see coming? That's a really great question. I've been at um, Etsy five years now. So it's certainly been a very interesting journey kind of going, joining the company when it was just kind of getting out of its startup mode, but certainly not at a public company. And uh, where we were double digit engineers and I almost knew like, all the engineering managers by his and name to kind of scaling, getting the company to through IPO and now like a public company where the company has grown sig- significantly during during that time. We're almost close to 400 engineers now. And of course, there have been many scaling challenges along the way. I think if I have to think of uh, engineering challenges, of course, like hiring and scaling all the process and the technology to those many people it's not certainly straightforward, but uh, also getting to cloud and kind of having this older infrastructure and getting all of that to cloud was we are almost uh, close to finishing it. And that's certainly been a large project. But we also, I think, did some of the things much before even we scaled, whether being one of the first few tech companies to build a fully automated CI CD system and experimentation culture, all those things have been a huge, huge boom, like doing that much before even scaling. But there have certainly been scaling challenges. How many engineers were there when you started? It was less than 100. I, I don't remember the exact number, but we were we were not in triple digits yet. I want to talk about, you know, being a, a mission-driven company in tech. You know, Etsy has has a clear mission and it's something, you know, obviously you said you love Etsy and and it seems like probably everybody there is super passionate about it. Like what, what is it that draws you to the mission of Etsy? And do you think it's important for, you know, engineers, technology leaders to be working on things that they feel passionate about? Yeah, this is a topic I deeply care about. I have to give a little bit of my own background to give you a context, give you context about why, why I care about it so much. Like I mentioned, I have the traditional engineering school and then uh, shifting is to computer science kind of uh, background. 
But uh, after after a few years working as an engineer, and then when I wanted to kind of switch gears and see, this was like right around when the financial crisis happened. That's like I want to do something that's more mission driven and which has deep impact. And I never worked in India much, and so I went back to India and worked for a nonprofit there for a couple of years. After that, I went to grad school where. I have a master's in public policy and international development. So my whole thinking through this process was even in the nonprofit and while I was in grad school was I want to see how to use technology for either international development or uh, you know social impact. And I even while I was in grad school worked consulted with the United Nations and Council on Foreign Relations and a bunch of organizations like that. So when I was going to graduate from grad school, I was what what do I do next? It has to be, you know, really mission driven, but it also has to be fast paced and fun. And like the culture has to be a strong tech culture as well. And uh, so it was it was a, a little bit of challenging puzzle for me at the, at that time. While I was thinking about it, Etsy felt like a natural natural fit, and that's how I ended up at Etsy. When I say natural fit, what I mean by that is like our mission is to make commerce human and. It's not like, of course, a lot of people in um, in tech think we all want to change the world. We all want to do like deeply mission-driven work. But at Etsy, we also walk the talk. So what what I mean by that is like from all angles, intrinsically a business, like it enables a lot of small business owners to run their businesses online. We give them a platform for that. And to begin with, at Etsy, over 85% of our sellers are women and over 80% of the shops are single owners. So for me, it was very exciting to join a company where you let creative entrepreneurs run a business and give them a platform to do that. That's amazing. I didn't know those numbers. I mean, that's so many people that are being able to you know, support income for their family by doing something that presumably, you know, they're passionate about as well. I mean, that's really cool. I know. That's what was very exciting for me, absolutely from a seller's perspective, because it's also like like the seller I was mentioning, I was chatting with in India, like he makes this art farm that's, that's their living and to provide them this global platform was, was what really drew me to Etsy. But then, you know, once you get here, like to see that in action, how we do it day to day has been really exciting. Yeah, no, I, w- I would love to, I would love to dive into that. And I'm curious, like, you know, the engineering challenges from in a marketplace where you have, you know, have to constantly monitor supply and demand. You know, I noticed that there's like more ads on the platform now than, yeah, maybe I just didn't notice them earlier. So, you know, there's ways to kind of promote stuff, which I think is super interesting. So yeah, I would love to, would love to dive into that. We kind of think of it like both within the within the internally with within the office and how our culture is, how the workplace is. But we also, while making product decisions, think about how it impacts our buyers and sellers absolutely day to day. Just you know, just to give you give you an example, even in terms of say, you know, one of the challenges of running a e-commerce company is all the carbon foot, footprint, right? Like there's so much, so much shipping, which of course increases the carbon footprint and we were certainly one of the first few larger e-commerce companies to offset all the carbon emissions even like within our office 
we think of energy usage and rene- renewable energy. We also run like a zero waste operations program. So that's from like internally to ex- making all the decisions to externally thinking of our buyers and sellers and products for them, like the impact we have both on directly on our customers and the world at large is, is something we actively think about. I want to go back to the diversity piece a little bit um, because so many of the folks on your platform are female. You know, how do you, how do you look at, you know, engineering, you know, your team and creating workplace of diversity, creating a product that's, you know, something that, you know, your team feels is the best thing to kind of be in the market that, that enables, uh, you know, that your demographic is sellers and buyers, I should say. Absolutely. Like I said, if 85% of our sellers are represent a certain gender, to cater to them, if we didn't have decent representation, I think that would be a little bit of a shame. So we are certainly very proud to have a culture that values and prioritizes diversity and inclusion. Just to give you some stats, over 56% of the employees at Etsy are women. Majority of the executive team is also women. 50% of the board are women. I think you're one of the only publicly traded tech company to have 50% of the women on board. And in engineering, it's certainly been a focus and I've seen a lot of improvement in that area where 33% of the engineering team are women. And I think the industry average is about 15%. We are certainly more than double of the industry average, but you know we still have a lot of work to do in terms of ethnic diversity and cultural diversity, but at least one of our main focus areas was gender and we've made a lot of progress in that area and and we still have work to do in other areas. Yeah, what are some of the places that you look for talent and and how do you look for talent? How do you look at building a diverse team? It's a challenging one. There is no straightforward, like go here and you'll get the talent you want. We spend a lot of time on it. I personally spend a lot of time on it we try to keep the pipeline pretty open. We don't say like, of course, I I went to engineering school, but we don't we don't think of like engineers can only come from, you know, top engineering schools. Having them is fantastic. We have a lot of them from top schools, but we are also certainly the pipeline is open to like boot camps and different kind of programs, which which helps people either they didn't think of engineering when they went to school or they want to switch from something else they were doing to engineering now. So kind of keeping an open mind in uh, where to source from, I think is really important. We uh, also, of course, actively go to conferences and a lot of people within Etsy, you know, the rest is very strong. But we also make diversity part of our goals, like formally, like me and my manager, who's the CTO, we all take it very seriously. It's not something we do on the side. It's part of our formal goals. So then you kind of look at it like, oh, these are the sales numbers we want to drive and these are the diversity numbers we want to drive in the same lens. So when that happens, it's, um, it's yeah, it's a lot of people actively looking for them internally from recruiters to engineers to engineering leadership, so all, but also partnering with a lot of organizations which can help us bring those diverse goals. And and you, I should say, you're always hiring now. So if anyone uh, if anyone wants to reach out, we'll link up your your info in the uh, in the show notes here, and they can yes. uh, and they can reach out. Please reach out. We are always hiring. <laughs> Please reach out on LinkedIn. 
Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about mobile development versus, uh, you know, desktop. You have a really, you know, seamless mobile experience, but also a really seamless desktop experience, which is pretty difficult for uh, marketplace businesses. I feel like, especially something like Etsy, where so much of behavior is either search or like, you know, exploring and hanging out on there and looking at different things. I'm curious, like, what is kind of user behavior look like in terms of like the different platforms? How do you look at building one versus the other? You know, is one more intent based than the other? I'm curious. The user behaviors are a little different to the desktop as someone who thinks about both of them and the differences between them all the time. Say, for example, the Etsy app that most people see is our buyer app. <laughs> one thing that differentiates our buyer app from the web or desktop is that more habitual buyers come on the app. You you should have, typically people have to have a little bit of high intent if they're going to take the effort to download the app and then, you know, be signed in. And so that brings a little bit of different kind of uh, buyers. What, what I mean by that is these are the people who visit the app more, app more frequently, who make higher value purchases and who make purchases more frequently. So what kind of experience we want to give them uh, and cater to them is a little different from how we think of on web. Like web is a bigger acquisition tool than um, apps are on web. Um, a lot of people come to say Etsy from Pinterest on web or from Instagram to Etsy. So they might be coming to the site for the first time. And if that's happening, the kind of information we want to surface to them the kind of uh, signals we want to show them it's a little different from someone if they have bought 20 items on etsy before that's how we think about it at a high level uh, from a user's perspective but of course uh, from a technology and platform perspective it's completely different well i think one of the beauties of where we are in you know society and our kind of social journey right now is such that instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everything is so image friendly right now that it's yeah. so product friendly. I mean, I, I really think that, you know, some of the best ways that people are, are seeing cool things and sharing them and how they share them in mobile uh, and in DMs and on WhatsApp and things like that is so much easier that you could see a product uh, and share it and like it and comment and do those things. I'm curious, like, you know, how much how much of your time do you focus on, you know, that seamless experience from switching from, you know, either text message or, or DMs or, or things that are social so that they can come right in to Etsy and, and make a buying decision? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's something, of course, we think about all the time because a lot of our traffic comes from there. The way we, we think about it is like, of course, if they come and directly buy an item, that would be great. But we also want to understand what are they looking for? What kind of a user is this? And how to, even if they don't make a purchase instantly, how to kind of understand what they want so that we can serve them in the future or we can give them recommendations and suggestions to what they're looking for. And... You know, sometimes like we call it the user mission. Sometimes the user mission is like very clear. So if you're planning a wedding, for example, and for your friend or for yourself, 
and you're buying all these wedding decoration items, it's um then the user mission is like really clear and then it's much easier. Whereas if someone is coming from uh, like you mentioned, say Pinterest and they were just trying to look at unicorn things on Pinterest and and they land to a weird unicorn listing on Etsy, which looks I'm sure great to them, but do they really need unicorn things at that given point in time? The answer might be no. If the answer is yes, it's fantastic for us. So the answer might be no. Through these social channels, how do we kind of understand what, if it's a new user, what they want? If it's an existing user, of course, we have some information on them. And how do we get them to keep coming back is something, yeah, we actively think about. We are going through the annual planning process now. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. and for for sellers, what I think is so interesting is Etsy is extremely, you know, you guys say simple, transparent, and secure, but it's such an easy way to engage with, you know, 20 or excuse me, 20 cent listing fee, and then, you know, 5% transaction fee, and then the 3% payment processing plus, plus 25 cents. Like it's extremely clear to the seller, you know, how that process could work. I'm curious, like how you thought about building, you know, the tools, the support, the education, the kind of like additional things that get somebody to want to sell on Etsy. I think, you know, that first piece is, is this easy? Is it secure? You know, is it, is it transparent pricing? You know, do I know how, how I'm going to make my money? But then, you know, the next step on that is how do I become good at this? Uh, Or how do I scale this? Or how do I, you know, improve my odds of being found? I think, when we started Etsy, right? Like that's what, that's what like it's a two-sided marketplace. Why we were building building the seller marketplace, we we had to think a lot about because also it's not like these items already exist. Like not like our sellers have a large inventory that they don't have hundred items of the same. These are all new yeah. items, so they might have one or two. So that that's another angle they need to think about all the time. So from our end, we one try to make it as simple and seamless as possible. But we also have sellers all over the globe. And what might be very, like, you know, adding a detailed description of the item might be very simple to someone in North America, whereas it might seem very complicated to somebody else in another part of the globe. And so we try to think from the angle of how to make it simple for everyone. But also, we do a lot of seller education, one, to begin with. We have... in we are we are there in like six core markets, but we also, as I said, have sellers everywhere. So we try to put a lot of information out there from on how to, you know, price their items. So, because a lot of our sellers are small businesses, they're not these super business savvy people necessarily all the time. Because kind of pricing includes shipping. They have to think about taxes potentially. They have to think about so many of these different factors from helping them to kind of understand that, to understand the logistics of shipping from keywords to SEO to how to best describe, how to take the best pictures. So we try to do a lot of education and put a lot of material online. But um, in some markets, we, we also do a lot of in-person workshops and like a lot of international markets. We have teams which is focused dedicated to seller growth and they go like from city to city and uh, hold these workshops and kind of help train the sellers we 
even though you know we, we would like to use machine learning and automation for everything sometimes because we are a very human centered e-commerce company we, we try to do a combination of both last question before we get into the lightning round here I'm curious, like, do you have any mentors or, or role models that inspired you in technology? I know, you know, for a bunch of our audience, you know, specifically our female audience that, you know, it's sometimes tough to find, you know, women in engineering roles and um, things like that. Yeah. Would you have any like, you know, advice for those folks or, you know, advice to your younger self pursuing a career in in technology? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I've had a lot of you know mentors along the way, and I've not had a female boss ever. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't mean like a lot of I've had a lot of fantastic managers. The current CTO of Etsy, Mike Mike Fisher, has been is a terrific uh, mentor and slash manager. I've had a lot of other mentors within Etsy, even though they might have not been in engineering or head of product or previous. COO. So I certainly have this go-to people when I'm in like, what should I do next that I can, I can talk to both within Etsy and outside. And I think, I think they have been instrumental in my, in my career growth, but even like my pre, like the nonprofit I worked in, I worked in India, like it's been like eight years since I left that company. And if I have any kind of question about like career growth or I, I still speak to my boss there. So having these people my thinking about this is it's not like one person is your go-to for everything. Uh, a lot of people, have, this is certainly not by kind by me, but I've heard other people kind of think of it as like your personal board of directors that you can go to different people for uh, different conversations is how I think about it. And I certainly have friends, family, and you know work colleagues who make up this group for, for, for different things. So your question was, um, what suggestion do you have for younger women who are starting starting in engineering? I 100% believe in this. And even at Etsy, we highly encourage it. We call it kind of bringing your authentic self to work. Even if the demography of what your team is or what your peer group is, it doesn't look like you. It looks very different. It's okay to be who you are as long as you're you're good at your job. That's what matters. So that's that's one advice. And the second one is over time, as mentorship doesn't happen. Like I've never been gone to a person being like, "Do you want to be my mentor?" And even I, I mentor a lot of people. It's never been this formal. We are, it kind of happens organically, and it's also work. You have to maintain those relationships. You have to keep in touch. So looking for those organic opportunities and building on top of that and. I personally think the great thing about mentoring is also when I'm when I'm talking to other you know people I mentor, I feel like I'm learning a lot because I'm speaking I'm speaking out loud. I'm thinking about these issues more, and I'm myself learning a lot. So looking for those organic relationships and um, kind of maintaining them over time so that you have your own uh, personal board of directors is I think crucial. I love that. Yeah, that's great advice. All right, let's get into lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like the Salesforce platform. You can go to salesforce.com to learn more about the Salesforce platform and how you can build apps faster and easier on the platform. It's great. We love platform. Uh, we love Salesforce. So go check it out. Lightning round questions. Rachana, are you ready? Yes. 
Number one, what app are you using on your phone that is the most fun? And you can't say Etsy. <laughs> I can't say Etsy. Hmm. Although we do have other people who say Etsy. So don't worry, you're represented. Who are these people? I love them. Uh, I would say Audible. I, I recently, like, I've not been reading too many books. I've been, like, listening to Audible a lot. What is your favorite vacation spot? Mexico. What is your favorite book or podcast that you've read or listened to recently? After I got in touch with your team, I've been listening to your podcast a lot. <laughs> so I would say IT Visionaries. <laughs> I appreciate the plug. Uh, and thanks for listening. Um, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I play with my son. That's like, if I get any free time, I'm playing with my son. What is your best advice for an engineering leader? Ah, that's that's a great one. I would say when I made the switch from um, tech lead to engineering manager, which was years ago, you don't have to be the person who knows who's the most technical and knows all the technical things on the team. That's not your job anymore. It's okay to let go. That's great advice. Yeah. I, I love it. Well, Rashana, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Any final thoughts? Any things to plug? No, thank you. It was it was great chatting with you. Yeah, it was great chatting with you. And for anyone uh, anyone checking out, we'll link up uh, your LinkedIn in the show notes. And uh, yeah, reach out. Open Rex. Ready to go. Thanks for listening. And now here is Dragana from the Salesforce platform team with our Trailblazer Tuesday segment. Thanks, Ian. Today we have Rachel from Talent Peaks with us to share her trailblazing story. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Monday morning in San Francisco. Can't complain. <laughs> so, Rachel, you have a pretty exciting role at Talent Peaks. Can you please tell us a bit about yourself and what you do there? Of course. I actually work as a consultant for Talent Peaks. We are a Salesforce Gold consulting partner with a focus on the media recruitment and professional services industry. I started working at Talent Peaks a little over three years ago, just a few months actually after the company started back in 2016. Since then, well, not only my role has changed, but also the way we use Salesforce internally. Oh, super exciting. So you're not just uh, using Salesforce to, for your customers, you're also using Salesforce to manage internal business. Super cool. Yeah, we've, we are actually uh, using Salesforce for ourselves as well. I've been involved in some of these internal projects. For example, the transformation of our quote to cash process. We migrated to Lightning with SalesCloud and we implemented three new apps, DocuMail, SignRequest and Financial Force. We are a huge fan of the app exchange and we are actually now also working on the development of our own app that we will be bringing to the app exchange soon. Amazing. And for those of you guys who don't know what the app exchange is, it's like Salesforce version of an app store. It's an online marketplace with ready to install app solution and consultants actually that let you extend Salesforce into every industry. And Rachel, you mentioned at Talent Peaks, you all have delivered some great apps as we know, but you've also leveraged some of these to get you uh, where you are today. Can you share an implementation success story with us? Yes, that's right. Well, we create our quotes with a document automation tool called DocuMail, 
and we send it to our customers uh, for a signature using sign request. And then we go on and create our project in the PSA module of the app called Financial Force. And actually at the end of the month, we build a project through the billing module, module of Financial Force. And finally, we use Documil to generate the invoices. Oh, super cool. And since deploying, what's the impact been like? Have you guys seen any change? Yes, we have. The The whole process is now digital and all we do it all within Salesforce. It saves us about eight hours per month. We are actually just a small organization, about 30 people. So for us, this already makes a big impact. We, we like to think ahead. So we are prepared when the volume increases. And next to that, we, we made the process easier and faster for our customers, which has led to increased customer satisfaction. Awesome. So not only are you ready to scale at any moment, you're also making sure your customers are happy and reducing the time spent for your finance folks to have to work on things. That's super cool. So what can we expect next? How do you guys plan on optimizing in the future? Are, you, is there, are there any expansion efforts? Yes, we are still making changes to the process as we go. In the beginning, for example, we were not able to calculate availability rates of our consultants correctly. So we are now implementing a change where we can already plan resource requests to make upcoming projects visible. So we are, uh, so we are able to plan the projects more efficiently and make it easier for our customers as well. Oh, exciting. Well, I look forward to hearing what you guys have going on with that. And then, Rachel, there's a question we ask everyone who comes on the IT Visionaries podcast, and it's all about sharing with us your best tip, whether it be on any Salesforce implementation or career advice as a takeaway for our listeners. What have you got for us? Sure. The thing I learned as implementation consultant over the last few years is that the best thing to do is to always try to keep the user interface as simple as possible. Many times I've seen so many things added to the page and nothing is really used because people don't even know what to use it for. So try to eliminate as much as you can and only keep what is necessary for them to do their job. That way they will be able to focus on the right things, which will actually result in them using the Salesforce system more. Amazing. Just keep it simple. It's that easy. Right. Rachel, thank you for joining us for yet another Trailblazer Tuesday segment. We look, I look forward to chatting with you soon and hearing about all the great things you guys are working on. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform.